Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 212 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with A-C-G. Oh, yeah? You're taking got, a little I, slow approach like I have? Dude, I got in trouble because I, I did a review and I said Carrick very fast. And I admit it sounds like carrot when you say it. <laughs> if I say, sup, everybody, this is Carrot. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. So I had multiple people in this last review go, his fucking name is Carrick? I thought it was Carrot <laughs> for like the last two years. And then that became a running joke. And I'm like, I'm just going to overpronounce everything. Oh, I started doing that. You could tell in my videos, if you look at, if you look at what I made... Back in, we'll say, like, 2014, 2015 versus now, I, you know, in the podcast, I tend to ramble and speak a little quicker, but in my videos, I'm more like, hello, everybody, how are you doing today? Right. You know, kind of like that, where, oh, my God, back then, I used to, like, word vomit, and you could mash together anything and create, like, a brand new fucking alphabet. It sounded like a spell from Hogwarts that <laughs> yeah. you were casting. Like, what, really what's the, what, what spell is this dude casting right now? Yeah, it was one of, one of the better pieces of criticism I got that helped me improve was uh, some people were like, hey, you got to just slow it down. I still sometimes talk too fast. My parents always give me shit for it. I'll just, I'll just motor mouth it. Up- you grew up in New York, right? Yeah. That's where you are, somewhere yeah. there. Did you grow up in a particularly, like, urban area where there were multiple nationalities speaking other languages, or was it mostly English? No, it was just English. So I grew up uh, around a bunch of Thai. Mm. So the, Thai is one of the quickest languages. Uh, the amount of data, if you look at it, I think it might be the number one. And mm-hmm. so I'm accustomed to walking in a room and having somebody say, Jeremy, what are you going to do tomorrow? Is there and, and just wow. be like, And so when I first started, too... I would talk like we, I mean, my friends get together and it sounds like Alvin and the Chipmunks, right? Like turned <laughs> up and I'll have friends come over and this will be the first time a group gets together and be like trying to parse what everybody mm-hmm. says. Mm-hmm. So I know what you mean. You'll get into those and you'll just hit record and you'll talk the way your brain is going. Yeah, because you can understand it. You think if you can, everyone can. It's like handwriting. It's yeah. like, I know what it says. <laughs> and I can understand you because obviously you talked faster than technically your video. So like when you talk or when I talk, we're like, okay, we get it. But then people listening, maybe sometimes on audio and not on, they can't see a vocal inflection with a, a mm-hmm. gesture one of us does, mm-hmm. and they're like, I have no clue what these guys are talking know, about right, right now. <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for joining two Mouter Mouths. Here we go. Yeah, we're going to be stuttering and stammering this whole we way through. We <laughs> three times prior to the podcast starting. It's going to be good. <laughs> we're going to go with adult Matter Mouths, we're going to call it. <clears throat> um, Matter Mouths. We, we, we appreciate you joining us. Um, if you want to support the show, we have the Patreon down below. $1 nets you early access, and you can hop in the Discord. You can ask questions. We got 11. Well, there we go again. 11. Oh, my God. What's <laughs> happening with us? What is it's just me right now. It's just me right now. You have yet to have but your I'm not moment. Talking. That's, it was me prior. I'm the one who started this entire thing. We have 11. I got to swallow my saliva. That's what's happening. I'm, I'm bubbling up here. And so I'm like, so 11 patron questions. We're going to get to all of them today. We appreciate you guys getting involved with our show, but uh, it's a slow news week. So let's just jump right into this slug fest, starting off with uh, something that will kind of tail into a discussion. We want to talk about Oninaki. It's getting a demo. It's a new game from, I believe the, was it Tokyo RPG factory from Square Enix or... Um, they made I Am Setsuna, if I remember correctly. Um, and so it's a game that I've seen gradually get a little more attention here, but we're seeing demos start to return in games and trials and whatnot. And so Carrick and I thought, well, Oninaki really isn't our bread and butter for podcast discussion. What it could tail into is really, uh, let's take some time to talk about our favorite demos in trials in video games. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is the 
the end of July, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're, you know what's funny? It is, Maddie. But to be fair, it's probably going to be pretty enjoyable because you can get caught up doing the same mm -hmm. news, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. in a way, this is sort of cool because maybe it'll it, like if people like it, then you start do, looking at that and going, let's yeah. let's cover the best demos this last month or something. You know, it's, I sort of dig it. I sort of dig this something different kind of thing. Yeah. So. With that being said, would you like to get started? Do you have a, a, a? It doesn't even have to be like an immediate favorite of all time. Do you have just a trial or a demo you really like that you that you played one time? Can I go with one that told me not to get the game? Yeah, yeah, bad? that's fine. Yeah, just like brute, brute force on the Xbox. Brute, brute force. force was a four-player ripoff of Halo. What it was was <laughs> it was it was Microsoft's bid to get a Halo secondary series going, not Halo-based, but like it. And what it was was you had different, a girl, a guy, an alien, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You had four of them. It was third-person shooting. And it was a big deal. They were putting a lot of marketing push behind it, and there was a demo in the Xbox official magazine at the time. And, mm -hmm. um, man, like everything you had seen, all the, you know, all the snippets and the screenshots were all obviously taken at the perfect point, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's like a glamour shot or an Instagram where nobody's going to be like, you know, now it's a big deal to say, I don't wear makeup. But it, for a long time, it was like, I'm going to take a perfect picture of me standing in front of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And right. it, it was terrible, dude. It was that time where you're playing it and you're like, thank God for demos. Yeah. Like, there's no chance I'm getting this game. And so that's the demo that's actually stuck in my mind that demos should be a consumer product. Yeah, because that it, it saves you me away sometimes. $60. Yeah, yeah. Versus even some that I've liked, where I like the game, usually I've played it because I already knew. With Brute Force, I didn't, and it mm -hmm. stopped me from making a mistake. So that's, I would say that's, that's neat, yeah, that's neat. I, I don't know if I've had, uh, I'm sure at some point I've had, oh, well, recently I did with Damon X Machina. I downloaded the, the demo. I played all of, like, ten minutes, and I just, like, nope, not for me, and oh, deleted really? it instantly. Yeah, and that was, like, a demo that I think went on for about an hour or so. Um, according to what and a lot of feedback was. did you think you were going to like it? Um, I wouldn't say I went in there going like, yeah, this is, this is so going to be something I enjoy. It, it, I, was, I was curious. It was a curious thing. Uh, you know, maybe I'll end up liking this. Um, it, it's kind of something that I felt with, actually, which we'll discuss later, but Wolfenstein, where I didn't know what to really expect going in. It was quiet. You know, there wasn't a lot of marketing for it, so I was just like, all right, let me go in and develop my own opinion on this, and with Damon X Machina, when I played the demo for that, I was just, you know, it felt slow, sluggish. It did not perform well. The HUD was a mess. Uh, the, the list went on, and they improved a lot of what I just mentioned in their demo trailer, which I made a whole video about. Um, so that was also one of my, my more fond memories with demos, was seeing the aftermath of, of Damon X Machina. I thought that was really cool that they took a trailer and showed, like, here's the demo you played. Here's your feedback, mm -hmm. and then here's what changed based off of it. I thought that was oh, that was very neat. Very yeah, cool. um, didn't get any attention though. I think the the, the trailer sat at fifteen thousand views on like Nintendo's official page, which is nothing. That's low. That's, That's very low. low. Yeah, gotcha. like very minimal interest there, uh, which explains why they're not talking about it. A, a demo disc. Have you ever played a demo disc that was almost a game in and of itself? There were so many yes. different like compilations of mini games and expansive pieces of the product that you never bought the game you just really kept toiling around in that same demo disc yeah there was a street or a virtual fighter for the sega saturn have a demo disc and i think it was three characters mm -hmm. and i played those three characters forever and then uh, xbox again xbox original uh they had the official 
and it had Fusion Frenzy, which is the one oh my god, it's your game. <laughs> no, it's not the one you. It's not oh. the sports game you like so much. This one is. This one is a game where you get in hamster balls. No, no, I know what you're talking about. Okay, okay, I, we're talking about the same I know demo that disc. Sports game. Remember that sports game you like? I wanted to make sure oh, you didn't Row. think it was that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So Fusion Frenzy, and it had oh, Fusion Frenzy God. and Kung Fu Chaos, which yes would not be released now because it was as racist as all get out because mm-hmm. it was based on like USA Kung Fu Channel, you know, fake Asian accents. And it was four characters uh, going around a platform. Kung Fu Chaos is l- legit an amazing title. And um, and Fusion Frenzy. And those two demos were, I mean, dude. We're talking, out, like, inviting friends over to play the demo. Not even the real game, but being like, I got this demo and this game is a blast. Mm-hmm. Come over and you're sitting there playing a demo and you're like, holy shit. This is, that's, that was, I would have paid, you know, 15, 20 bucks for that. Yeah, I'm, I was actually trying to find out. Um, I think back then, demos came on disc. So what would happen is you would put in, for example, Halo Combat Evolved, and there would be a demo menu you could go into. And I'm looking at a screenshot right now, and for Halo, what would happen is you'd put it in, and then there would be Fusion Frenzy, Oddworld right. Munch's Odyssey, as both interactive demos, they call them, which means you could play it. And then they had a movie, which means like a trailer for Amped as well as oh. Blood Wake. Dude, Amped was. A- Amped is my snowboarding game of all time. Want to hear the funniest thing? I called yeah, Amped Amphead oh. for my entire oh. childhood. <laughs> my entire childhood. <laughs> Amphead. That's awesome. That's aw- that, it fits too when you think about it. Like I, I could see you call it, not even thinking that it, it should be called. I Amber. don't know how but, I did that for so yeah, long. Yeah, those they got me into snowboarding games, and they uh, the Xbox original let you play your music off your hard drive, mm-hmm. so you could play oh, yeah. like Rob Zombie while you're playing Amped. You could play like Power Man Five Thousand. So I was playing all these songs, um, Guns and Roses, and mm-hmm. it didn't have a licensing restriction. So Paradise City, the bur- the uh, the Revenge, uh, what was it called um, the driving game. Right. Um, uh, what was that? Crash and Burn Paradise City? No, it's not the right. Burnout. Burnout. Yeah. Burnout Paradise. Yeah. They would play Paradise City from Guns N' Roses, but it was only one song. That mm-hmm. was like their theme song. But when you had the Xbox original, you could play any of your songs. And man, mm-hmm. I remember so many games where I would replace it with like just tons of different music. I think yeah. the 360 let you do that for a while too. I could be wrong. Maybe it didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I, I think. It's actually crazy. So Halo, now that I, I think about it, I thought it was a demo disc. So Halo was a gateway, quite literally, to two of my favorite games ever on the original Crackdown. Xbox. That's Crack- crazy. Wasn't it Crackdown? Wasn't one of them Crackdown 2? Uh, the game released with Crackdown as a demo, and that's what got Crackdown to be popular. There was a, I'm not sure. There was a, there was on, a particular title. This is Microsoft, right? They were sort of ahead yeah. of their time on some of this stuff. Crackdown demo. Yeah, like, was it on uh, Crackdown on a demo disc? Because I remember people were like, oh, I'll check it out. I think it was Crackdown. Hmm, oh, nah, it's, it's people still it talking say. about Crackdown 3, actually. Let me see if I just type in Crackdown 1 demo, what comes up. But what I was going to say is it's kind of crazy that I bought Halo. That was one of my favorite games on the original Xbox, Xbox, and also I discovered Fusion Frenzy, which was the demo for me that I kept playing over and over. It was just all the mini games were in there, so you never had to really buy it. I know. 
Yeah. So I just kept playing that over and over, and I thought it was the most fun shit ever. And then Oddworld Munch's Odyssey is one of my favorite games of all time, like, hands down. Uh, and I always tell this story that when I got to talk to Lauren Landing, the guy who helped make um, Oddworld Munch's Odyssey, or he fucking directed it um, and designed it, um, he told me he wasn't even proud of that game at all. And I was like, you, you gotta be kidding me, man. I, I was like, I think this game's amazing. Um, let's see here. I do see a GameSpot forum thread titled, Did You Buy Crackdown Just for the Halo demo? Was That's it what it was. Vice That's versa? what it was. Yes, it was vice versa. Okay. So which, which Halo was it? You bought Crackdown and you got Halo... You bought... Halo 3. Yeah, it was Halo 3, I think. Yeah, so... And, and then Crackdown became its own thing because of <laughs> Halo 3. It's and so crazy, man. And Crackdown. These are these are forums from two thousand twelve years ago. The archive, the archive machine. Yeah, it's two thousand two thousand four. Holy crap! There's like tons of people participating. Fifty fifty. I wanted both. Both here. I wanted both. Pre-ordered Halo Three last August. This was twelve years, four months ago. I love. I love seeing For that Halo kind of stuff. Halo Three. Yeah. It was twelve years. Twelve years, four months ago. That guy said he pre-ordered it last August. <laughs> Man, that dates you because I would not think of Halo Three being that old. Halo Three still to in my brain, I would have to go see it, but in my brain looks amazing. Let's think here. Twelve years ago, that that puts or that's yeah. Xbox original or, or that was two thousand. That, that was two thousand seven. Gotcha. Twelve years ago, so I think Halo Three came out around. I want to say two thousand eight, but I'll double check that right now. Down uh, no, two thousand seven September. 25th so yeah that guy pre-ordered it a year before it came out that's that's fucking amazing i love that because the discussion was taking place said 12 years four months ago so they were talking in march about this game oh right wow prior that's awesome that is awesome um i also remember playing uh on the playstation i don't have as fond of uh, demo memories i just remember one time and i actually talked about it in my dragon quest builders 2 review um, I remember booting up Dragon Quest Eight on the PS2 for a demo, um, and that was really all I remember. I booted it up, and I just remember standing in right. town, seeing the art style, the character models, which um, I could be wrong, but I believe Akira Toriyama works on the, the character concepts for Dragon Quest, and that's why I think they always pop to me, because I love Dragon Ball. He's worked mm. on those character concepts as well, and they're, they're some of my favorite in any type of entertainment. Um, but that's literally all I remember from my, my PlayStation demo memories. I mean, Xbox, it was like all of them. I think there was Blinks, the Time Sweeper or whatever. That, that was, was awesome. one. That was At one least, that... Well, it felt awesome back then. Yeah, I don't know how it would play nowadays. I really don't know. I probably not well, but I remember like the they showed it at an E3 or at an event, and they were like, you can destroy this bridge, and then undestroy the bridge, run across it, then destroy it behind you. And it, at the time, nobody had even thought of that kind of stuff yeah it was it was awesome and as a kid trying to figure that out was was neat that's how i discovered jet set radio future which is i think the one that came the original xbox yeah man xbox xbox was my console when i was younger i that's all i played you know the ps2 i came into a little bit late because i always talk about how did i i got my ps or my my xbox 360 in like 2008 like i was very late to that so you know people were already done with mass effect and i was just experiencing it for the first time so I, I was playing my PS2 well into that, and experiencing like all it had to offer, and it, it makes it, it makes you wonder, right? Like, what kind of gamer would you be if this wasn't your your yeah. job, right? Like, would I've gotten a PS4 in 2016 instead and like picked up The Witcher 
in 2018 finally? You know, like how would that have worked? Did you ever um, play Condemned on the Xbox? I've heard of it. No, I didn't know. That's the horror game with the mannequins. Oh that's God, no! I was I was a Freddy cat. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, because that's what got me. I didn't either. I was a, I, I I had a Dreamcast and Xbox mm-hmm. and PS3 or Xbox 360 was out and the graphics looked better, but I didn't have a high def TV at the time. Okay. Because it was 720. Remember, it was like we can do 720p, and I was like, oh, I'll get to it. Mm-hmm. And then one of my friends had it. And he was like, let me show you this game. And I saw it at his house, and I was like, oh, shit. So yeah. I went and bought it. And it was that and Final Fight back in the day when the – or Fight Night. Back in the day when boxing games were big. Mm-hmm. And I was a Fight Night fan, and he showed me Fight Night on the 360. And I was like, it was one of those I, – I don't believe in this, by the way. I don't believe in one title selling you. We've talked about this hundreds yeah. of times. But that pretty – it came pretty close. Like when I saw Fight <laughs> Night on the 360, I, I mean, it was that thing. And, you know, I like to beat people up. I like to get beat up. I like that shit. And to see realistic-looking face movement and cuts, I was just like – Yeah, it's, so it's like nothing you've ever time. seen before. Yeah. And then Dead Rising. When they showed 100 people on screen, I was just like, yeah, that's for me. Mm-hmm. Dead Rising was the shit. Yeah. It's, it's, that's why it's going to be so interesting when we get into the next generation where we're going to see the leaps because I feel with yeah. this generation, the most notable change to me was that series that were not as open-ended became very open. Right. Um, not open world always, but very open. Uh, you noticed like the, the power going towards space and level design. So, and I, 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 that's exactly right. And I just wonder what next generation is going to be the notable change. Will that just become uh, emphasized? Will it just become even bigger? Or are we going to see games that that focus on uh, how pretty they can be? I mean, I guess every developer has their own vision. We'll see. Just like there there was a natural trend in every game. Like Lego went to fucking open world. And that's where you're like, okay, like every game's going to do it now. Um, That was for me like the the punctuation, you know, where you're like, okay. But I think you're right. Every generation, um, eight bit to sixteen, had something like, and and I I know what you mean. Every developer has their own idea, but there's always a game or two that stick, Mm -hmm. and as like the, that's what this new gen may do. And I I firmly agree that Xbox One and PS4, it's all about size of games because they got eight gigs of memory. Mm Because remember. The 360 had a little bit more than the PS3, but they were both really low. The, uh, GTA, which I love, I played five on the 360 a lot, Same. but there was a lot of issues. And then you go to like the newer version, you're like, damn. And mm. and then other developers can now look at the size, the RAM size, and go, I can fit these big games on there. So I do, I agree completely. This this entire gen has been all about space, right. like. Some artificial intelligence, not artificial intelligence, but artificial life, like Oblivion or Skyrim with a guy who has a job. You know, you notice a lot of companies yeah. will sort of hint that their, guy, their NPCs don't just walk around. They have a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this next one, I mean, Sony made a big deal about space, uh, about loading. But th- that the you won't see a lot of those improvements because third party games have to they all have to have the same underlying hardware requirements if you want to do yeah. cross play and all that shit. But I could certainly see some games sticking with us. I mean, I think graphics is hard. It's you see graphics, and that's like it, it speaks to you instantly. So, I, in all yeah. honesty, it'll probably be a design. Like mm-hmm. you'll see a design, like you said, you like Dragon Ball. Maybe it'll be them making it to where the entire game 
just looks seamless like a cartoon or an anime, and that's when because they're pretty close with Xenoverse and those. Yeah, you know they're I mean? they're, you know I mean? they're almost there. They're close, and I just feel like the animation blending will get just good enough, or you'll see a Dragon's Dogma where maybe the monsters are bigger because we have big monsters, but they're usually bosses, mm-hmm. and I could see like game worlds where it's like Monster that's Hunter sort of world, norm. but it's completely in an open world right. setting. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. That's exactly right. Instead of that close, you know, Monster Hunter, we both like it, but there's that weird, you know, load and go here and load and go there. Yeah. But instead, they're just like, dude, it's, it's go anywhere. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be. I'm see, really excited for it. I'm, I'm, a th- I'm in the, I'm in the camp of, I feel games. I'm always cool with them getting bigger, but I feel right now with the size of a lot of these titles that they're big enough where I'd like to yeah. see the focus being on refinement. Uh, AI, yeah, yeah, exactly. Getting the AI cool reactions, yeah, uh, condensing it in in, in ways where um, it runs better, like you know, higher FPS. I'd like to see that type of stuff because I feel like you know we're already talking about. We see conversations propping up all the time, and it doesn't represent everybody, but we see it propping up a lot of like, okay, these games are becoming massive. And in the case of like an Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which we both very much liked, you know, you can argue that's but a bloated is- title. It's a very bloated title. You could, but the bloat is fun, so I have a. I don't even know how I would describe that game. Yeah, we could do an yeah. entire video about great. We should do a video, dude. We should do a video where we just grab three of the biggest games that we loved all the way through and try to discuss the difference between bloat and big, like like a Skyrim versus worlds. an AC Odyssey. Because yeah, both probably equal in in content wise, but it's like paced differently. Yeah, right. It's it's mm. so. Yeah, it, uh, I get what you mean, man. AI would be great. Sound. Um, oh, the God, one thing sound. I would like, Maddie, is I hate going into worlds where there's grass for like fifty feet and then a texture of grass. I fuck, I, I can't stand it. It mm-hmm. gives me, it gives me like the shivers. Are you talking about think, like instead of each grass being separate, yeah, it's like it, one. You'll see them pop in, piece. And, and okay, yeah, and then the grass will build up. You can literally see the level of detail. Oh, where yeah, the grass yeah, yeah, will yeah. Grow, I get what you're saying. Almost. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see that where if I look at a hill, if I can see a hill and there's grass on it, I can tell it's not a texture. There's grass on it. I know that sounds like a small thing, but there's games you and I both have probably played with a draw distance long enough that you could almost spot an enemy easier because the foliage wasn't being drawn in. Mm-hmm. And you're like, there's a dude 150 feet away that I wouldn't be able to see closer because there's grass and all this shit. But because he's far enough away, the the, the geometry hasn't loaded. In. Right. Um, those kind of things I would love to see improved on the next systems. Yeah, I agree. Well, we don't have to wait too long. Um, oh. Let's talk about a, a new game that, you know, we're talking about games that are getting bigger, and uh, Wolfenstein seemingly got bigger <laughs> in its most yeah. recent launch. So I have about three-ish hours in the game right now. You completed and reviewed it, so yeah. I believe we will have differing opinions because I have less experience. Um, but my, mine was generally, so far, um, story... Uh, just as bad as the trailer sold it, um, you know. I thought the opening cutscenes were pretty good and set the tone well, and I was actually pretty interested. But yeah, it just kind of seems like it nosedives <laughs> after that. And uh, the gameplay, I really like though. I, I I have been a fan of the level design because Arcane clearly had their hands all over that. It, it just it, it's it reeked of Arcane Studios when you started climbing up on. The, you know the little balconies, and there were windows you could crawl into. That that's like their bread and butter right there. Um, you just knew they had their hands on it. Um, the RPG elements, um, little hit or miss here, but I, I overall like them, and I've I've liked the changes. But I've seen the biggest gripe 
<clears throat> for some folks has been the microtransactions and uh we'll we'll get into that obviously but i was i was kind of i don't want to say confused because that's not the right word i was puzzled as fuck i'll use that okay yeah because i I get the reason i don't want to stay confused or puzzled is because i get why people don't like them but yeah these are microtransactions i've seen in a number of titles we've talked about that we've supported like even a game like devil may cry 5 which destroyed in reviews um and in in the case of Devil May Cry, you could buy the currency that would unlock gameplay stuff, but I didn't see many people lighten it up for that. Meanwhile, with Wolfenstein, and I'm not saying I enable either of these, by the way, but Wolfenstein, in this case, it is a game that only gives you a microtransaction for cosmetics, and those cosmetics are gun skins, the skin of your armor, and... Your helmet. Yeah, your helmet, thank you. And and to me, I'm like, okay, like it's a first-person game anyway. I can't see what I look like, so I don't care. <clears throat> it's like the Outer Worlds, where once they said we're not doing third-person, I went, okay, I don't care what the armor in the game looks like, because I'm not going to be seeing it. If I'm going to be seeing right. it a lot, then make it look good. Make it something I can change, but I'm not going to spend money on something I can't see, which I guess emphasizes why it's stupid. It's there, but without getting off track, let's hear. What do you think about the game, and what do you think about the microtransactions? No, I agree with everything you said. I did rate it a wait for a sale, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. I just the reason why I rated a wait for a sale is um about five hours in, maybe six, the level oh, design. Oh, sorry, becomes... I don't mean to interrupt you. I just I wanted to make sure of one thing. Um when you reviewed it, was it off forty dollars or twenty? Because you know how you can do the buddy pass and you can essentially go twenty twenty. It, it was off the forty. Okay, sorry. And and in fact, no, that's cool. Because in fact, people were saying would thirty if I don't want to play with somebody else be okay? And I was like. It may not then either because the AI isn't the greatest as your partner. It's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it all right. I've been playing by myself. It, yeah, yeah. And um, it's it does the thing called the Watsoning. It, it's even their term <laughs> for it, which is where if you go somewhere, it'll just appear behind you. So you don't have to worry too much about losing him. Um, yeah. But no, I liked it. Uh, the reason why I would say is about five hours in is when I started to notice the level design creeps into a lot of repetitiveness. Okay. Um, it it has a good first blush, I think. A very good one. Um I think the two girls are absolutely poorly written and just mm-hmm. make they're Uninspired. like yokels. They have they have accents that don't match Anna or BJ, which is really weird. And they start going full southern. It's like there's so many it's not Texan, it's like full southern because BJ grew up in Texas, so I was like, All right, maybe they'll have that. And mm-hmm. instead and their their yokel laughs and stuff and they're just they're it was it was odd. That's all I can say. It was, I don't know. Yeah, it was really it like off, off town yeah yeah and then um love the gun most of the gunplay i liked the sponginess i'm not a fan of even when you switch the weapon to the weapon type that hurts that enemy mm-hmm. um that's one of the things that i just i was like that could be toned down you can turn up your weapons you know you can get heavy receivers and i loved the combo of like do you want to get the same manufacturer and yeah. get some bonuses i, I thought, thought that was, was good yeah, I thought it was really fun. Um, but the copy and paste, and then there was a lot of issues that don't make sense, like the catacombs area that you go into. There's people that no, none of the enemies have flashlights, but they can see everybody. And there'll be multiple times you'll be running into a room. You'll flip the flashlight on, jet black room, and there's a chick down there wearing spandex and black sunglasses underground. <laughs> and she's just, like, waiting for you. There's a lot of these weird... I. I just patched, I just threw this bad guy here kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Catacombs in particular is where I think Takedown and I, when we were playing co-op, we both were like, whoa, wait. 
Like now okay. there's some, and that's when we notice the monster closets, which do happen a lot. The reinforcements that come will appear behind you, yeah, like where there's no door you to take the commander out. It does, it does. Um, but they also do awesome stuff. See, this is the problem with the game. There's places where it hits when you're in a courtyard, dude, and you're blasting a guy, and a dude jetpacks in. It can change the entire way you were doing that battle. Because you're just fighting normal guys, and then uh, if you continue fighting them and you don't kill everybody right away, sometimes a jetpack guy will come in and he'll land and he'll like spawn in as a reinforcement. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the right bullets for him, which is the storm gavir, whatever, uh, or the pistol, if you don't have the right bullets or you've switched your, your gun stuff around to maybe be fast and not do a lot of damage, you can end up having to really spam that guy or figure out other ways around it. I like that strategy. I thought that was cool. Mm -hmm. One thing I didn't like is um, Arcane did have some work on it. I did investigate this a little. I didn't realize that they only worked on some levels, not all. And I think one thing where Sides. that's really okay. noticeable is the buildings. Every building, the second story is always closed off. And it sounds really dumb, but you literally know that in every building you go into, it'll be first floor will be open, and then there'll be steps that always have blockages, so you can't go into the second floor to get to the third floor. And I think that's for the AI, because the AI never uses the steps. In fact, you can, multiple times, you can hide You can hide inside and just stand on steps, and the bad guy will go. Just stand there? Yeah, so um, it didn't kill my enjoyment. I just noticed some of those things. Yeah. We had oh. some bugs. It's, it's funny. Uh, I like it. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. There was one part... Um, where I was going to the hospital. Um, I was yeah. actually just exploring. I ended up there, and I was Which like, is "Oh, a great level!" I yeah. just got to add real. Quick. Yeah, and I, I like had a quest, version. and I'm stealthily. I actually got an action where there was a. a it, it was it was actually really cool. Now that I think about it, um, the way it was put together because there's a miscellaneous objective. The actions they call them in the game. I got yeah, one to to, to blow up a car, and what was interesting is the car was parked in front of the hospital. And now that I think about it, the commander was standing on top of the scaffolding with his arms folded just kind of overlooking everything it was as if like he pulled up in that car parked there and just came and watched um which i never put together but anyway um i'm i'm carefully like i planted the bomb on the car i'm taking everyone out um and i finally get to him and before i could take him out quietly because my cloak went up um he he alerted everybody and i took him out and it, it just kind of tailing off what you said about when you're on like a higher level and they're mm -hmm. below you, their ability to do something about that. Um, something was off because I, I mounted a laser turret and four of the laser soldiers came in and just kind of yeah. like looked at me. They stare at you. Yeah. It, yeah. it was really, really weird. Um, you know what they don't do, Maddie? They don't create distance and angle. Mm -hmm. So they'll stand here, right? So you can shoot them, but they can't hit you. So, the, But they won't go backwards and then fire yeah. so that they can hit you. Yeah. yeah. And so those become almost impervious places i guess mm -hmm. um but overall yeah man i mean you know it, it i will just say the fun ran out uh you know to where it was a slog in the last um in, in the last many hours unfortunately but it doesn't stop there was a lot i liked so it was one of those games where it's really difficult to really know what people are how they're going to play it co-op right are they going in 2020 yeah. with somebody 20 bucks 20 bucks well, that's it's you know that at that point that's a little bit fair but overall i just it didn't stick with me especially with the characters and the lack of story was good because i didn't like those girls um but the random missions and also the fact that the mission choosing was really weird so 
for whatever reason, they decided to name all of the places brother. So you'll get, go to brother one to do this job, mm-hmm, go to brother, brother two to get this job. Yeah, and pretty soon you're like, what? That was at brother what, two section what? That was at brother mm-hmm. three. There's a little bit of confusion, and you don't have a map. You only have your mini map, which yeah, sounds like that a was small weird. issue. That was but weird. But it's a bitch. I noticed it's, that. It's a bitch. When you, I hit M, dude, Maddie, after eight hours, I was still going M. M, M, bring up the map so I can mm-hmm. see, because the mini-map doesn't always load up your it, icons either. It's so weird because the mini-map is excellent. Like, it's layered. Yeah. When you climb up, they, yeah. they fade out other parts and, and, and load in. And it shows the little arrow down or up if yeah, they're above exactly. you. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, okay, I know exactly where I am, what's left on this part of the building, who's shooting at me and whatnot. Yeah. That type of stuff is great. So it's weird that there isn't a map because they went to the length of creating a, a layered uh, piece of art. Yeah, based yeah. off where isn't you are, it, isn't it odd? And then lastly, I liked almost all the gun sounds. The suppressor on the handgun is hilarious. It's like throwing a pebble in a tin can from mm-hmm. hundred miles away. It's like, but it's like it's got that same Wolfenstein charm where like a guy will be full of armor and you'll throw a hatchet at his knee and he'll just drop dead and he'll die. Oh, that's it. But the shotgun, I love the sound of. Oh god, yeah. I love. I I I like the electric gun too because it doesn't spool up for too long. I don't know if you've got that. There's some other weapons I won't mention, but that's the first one. Um, but the shotgun, when you it, it it punches in a way that is to me very satisfying. Even though you'll get up to a guy and you'll shoot him four times, and because he doesn't have the right armor, he'll just be like boom, mm-hmm. boom, and you're all oh fuck, you know you're you're like am I hitting his head? Am I hit, where, where do I need to hit this guy? But it sounds good. I yeah. love that, and I love the graphical changes when you put the different receiver on. The different, you know, it all graphically changes, which is cool. So the guns don't just look generically different. They have, like, huge canisters or a big drum on the bottom, depending on right. the magazine you choose. So, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a a good title. It just had enough issues that I, I just yeah. don't know. Yeah, and I think it's hard, it's hard to narrow down in your case, because, um, like, I, mine was first impression, so I, I was more like, keep your eye on it, but... Um, For sure, yeah. You know, I think it's hard to narrow down because it's one of those games where, as you mentioned earlier, you don't know what price point someone's investigating at where, okay, I'm one person looking to play by myself. And when you say wait for a sale, are you talking about the $40 price point, the $30 price point? If I'm playing by myself is do I wait for a bigger sale or a slight sale or if I'm playing co-op and I'm doing half seas with a friend, is 20 a sale technically to you? Or are you talking about $10 on a sale for going half seas? Like, how does it all work? It becomes complicated, which is why... You know, when I was doing my first impressions, I said, look, guys, I'm looking at it from you're going half and half with a friend at the $40 price point. You're giving them a buddy Yeah, and pass. I, I did say that in the review. Yeah. I did say this yeah. is like it's 40 bucks, but this is what I'm covering. Because the, the way I look at it is uh, it's a spinoff, so I'm a little more lenient on some of the changes, I'd say, because I want them to experiment. I, I don't want them to, to go yeah. crazy in, in in a bad way, we'll say, in the third entry where, you know, it's likely going to try to wrap up everything that's left. Um, I want them to figure out what works and what doesn't work here and get all that creative juice out, you know, and and, and, and put it into this project. You know, try your co-op, try your RPG mechanics. Because, you know, if it's, a, if it's a one-off, I think down the line people are going to look back on this game and be like, hey, that was that was kind of cool. Like, you know, it, what we talk about well, a lot with these game franchises. Only 5% of people even win the game. They might not even get to the part mm-hmm. that is, like, repetitive. Yeah. You know? So if they want to spend 15, 20 bucks for a game, I, I, I can see a lot of people, yeah, looking back on it and be like, that was fun. Maybe yeah, because I think one of the coolest things is when you look at a collective franchise and how how it changes entry to entry based off who worked on it and the different 
uh, pieces of DNA that are in there. We could use like the Batman Arkham series as an example where you had like the tighter Arkham Asylum and the big city and then you had Origins, then which Origins. slimmed yeah. it down, had a different focus, and then Knight tried the Batmobile. Like each one had something cool and different in them that made it a collective good series. And I think with Wolfenstein, yeah. you had one which was pretty much everything you've really wanted from gameplay to storytelling to focused a little bit more on the story. You have Young Blood, which tried something really different with co-op and RPG mechanics, and you have the Old Blood, which is a, I'd say more of a return to form. Um, I thought it was a little stale, personally. That's why I was more enthused with this one because I thought, I'll be real, I thought Old Blood was not that great. I did not like that one at all, and so because um, I, I thought they played it very safe, they're like, we have this new mechanic. I'm like, all right, cool. It's the pipe. You can climb a wall, or you can use it as a melee weapon. I'm like, all right oh, you can only climb where you're telling me. I can't just climb anywhere. Um, and that's why I really appreciate in Youngblood, you know, you got Arcane's hands on it where there's a, the double jump, there's a sense of verticality in the game now, yeah. there's exploration now that's much more rewarding. Um, it allows you to take on combat scenarios in different ways, um, provided the AI starts working better. I'm sure that'll be a, a, a bigger plus than a minus. Um, I don't know. I, I really, I really like what's there so far. Obviously, I need to put more time into it, but still, I'm, I'm digging what's there. Yeah, I did too. Even like I said, even rating it that way. That's why at the end I was like, listen, it just wasn't for me at that price. But I was like, if, it might be for somebody else. It also, again, we're looking at a time where a lot of people, like I said, don't finish games. They don't Sadly. even get <laughs> a fourth of the way through. So to them, twenty bucks with a friend for you know, three or four hours a game before maybe they just sort of peter out isn't that bad. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I would rather have them experiment. Like, I don't have any... Man, the microtrain... We'll get to that in a second. But I, like, the, the stuff that they tried... I, see, I don't have a problem with them trying stuff. And I don't even have a problem with them trying stuff and not succeeding the first time. Everybody thinks everything's going to be a knockout of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, and, for example, when I say wait for a sale, I've had multiple people be like, oh, that means like a 25%. I'm like, first of all, no. If yeah. you, if you, even though my numbering system doesn't work this way, if you pretended don't touch is a one, deep, deep sales a two, wait for sales a three, and buy is a four, which that's actually not how it works. But if you even cho- chose that, then a wait for a sale would not be a zero or a one. It would be a three, which to some people would be 75%, which happens to be where this is. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's right where Marvel Alliance is. I mean, those two yeah. literally are just doing this. Um, but, like, I think people would have bitched if it was the same thing too. Like they're at a point where they tried something new and they just didn't hit. I think the story could have been better. I think it would have been, that would have helped. Oh, Um, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they did not flesh out the weapons as well. The, the damn, the double armor. I think they did try something there. And then it's almost like they forgot to do anything with it. Cause you have two guns Mm -hmm. that hit the heavy armored guys Mm -hmm. and the rest hit the light armored guys. And you're all, but that's it. It doesn't, yeah, it's like they had point. a bigger idea and didn't have time yeah. almost. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like if you and I were like, this would be great, you start it out, and then you're all, oh, fuck, you know what? We don't, that's not going to work. We don't, blah, blah, blah. Well, we'll just have it in there for a little bit, and we'll, it, it never balances exactly right, or that feeling of progression. Well, it's because the like weapon the swaps aren't like cool. Doom, where it's very like bang, 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 and you're constantly running around yeah. the arena almost, where switching weapons right. for armor types could actually maybe work to an extent in Doom. I'm not saying I want that, but um, it's like they, they it kind of miss... work if done within the speed of that game yeah where the switching was done maybe at a higher speed yeah. um yeah i mean yeah there's a lot to like with it um there's just some stuff that sort of holds me back i oh, certainly would yeah. say in the first four hours though i don't think i really had any complaints other than the ai i was noticing sneaking is really easy their vision cone 
Those motherfuckers have glaucoma. Mm. Their vision cones like this. Sorry, mm. I, I fucking I I cut logs this, this morning, so my hands dirty. But their <laughs> uh, their their vision cones like this. So sneaking like right here is pretty easy. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, once you figure that out, you won't waste cloak as much. That's what I was telling everybody in the in the live stream I did. I was like, listen, once you realize how limited their side to side is. Don't waste your cloaking on those guys. Waste mm -hmm. your cloaking on the dude walking towards you, and you're out of options because there's a dude behind you. Yeah, cloaking becomes cloaking. like your backup. Yeah, I get yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. Um, microtransactions. We'll talk about that a little bit, and then we can hop into MUA three a little bit because we never had a chance to talk For about sure. that, and I did a full review on it, so we we can be on the same page there a little bit. Um, so you, you're confused. Um, any any uh additional takeaways outside of that? Yeah, yeah. So I saw a bunch of videos where people in the industry who were reviewing it said they were confused first of all that person should probably never review a game again because even in their pr stuff prior weeks prior we already knew about the microtransactions mm -hmm. so they were saying they were confused they were in there and that was the exact wording that means that person does not pay attention so i hope the people who are developing the game look at those and goes this person is not paying attention to the stuff that we've sent out and the stuff they've signed off on covering that yeah. bothers me um, when it yeah, comes to the cosmetics, uh, when it comes to the cosmetics, or not signed, but where you 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 do the email back saying I agree to the email. yeah okay yeah yeah. Um, but because some of that shit was right there, but I would say that for me, I'm confused. Yeah, because of the anger. Um, that's beyond it being a microtransaction. So I don't like the microtransactions in there, and I mentioned it in the review. I was like, mm -hmm. they're here. They're cosmetic, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you if their price raises, because that would be a bitch, because we saw it with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, by the mm -hmm. way. This is not unknown that a company will go in and adjust those numbers. Um, but then it was afterwards, the reaction I saw from some people. I was like, that is really weird that this is, this is being dinged so heavily. Not just dinged, like, that's stupid, but dinged so heavily in this game. Uh, when, for example, Rage, I noticed I was one of the few people... You know, you, me, a couple others mentioned micros. In fact, I think you and I DM'd each other. And I'm like, do you see the store tab? I think yeah. that was you I DM'd. Yeah, I was yeah, like, there's yeah. a store tab in here. Um, that one, I, I could have seen more confusion, and I didn't for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And that's, it seems like it was a little weighted, if you know what I mean. A little bit like, let's ding them because they tried something different. And yeah. we'll add this on there. I, I wish they weren't there, I'll be real. But I, yeah, I just sure. feel that... Um... We've, we've actually highlighted this on the show a bunch of times, and I think now is a perfect example of when to talk about it. We've mentioned time and time again that when you constantly, oh, I don't want to say overreact, but you react in an extreme manner to everything. It's a blanket reaction, so my yeah. lamp might be slightly dim. I'm going to freak out over that versus if it's too bright. And if yeah. one microtransaction is cosmetic versus one with uh, Battlefront 2's gameplay microtransactions that actually impact the title, we're freaking out the same amount for those. We always talk about how developers are just going to put the shutters up and clamp down and be like, all right, fuck it. Like, we don't know what you guys hate, what you guys love, what you want to celebrate. We're just going to do our thing. Um, and I think this is one of those situations where... Wolfenstein, it, you know, it doesn't need microtransactions. Every game before it was just fine without it. The only reasoning I could probably add as to why Youngblood put them in there is because, A, there is a form of, and I put this in quotes, multiplayer there. You are doing co-op, um, so you do want to show your friend, like, look at my cool skin. But number two is that yeah. these games have not been financially successful, and this is a way to earn some additional money up front for them. They are a business, and this is a series that has not really flown off the shelves 
all that much. So from a business perspective, I get it. But all I'm saying is more so that if we don't re I don't want to say don't react properly because people have different opinions on it, but if we if we constantly drop drape this blanket over instead of being like, okay, this is cosmetic microtransactions versus okay, this is Battlefront to perk card reaction and and they're equal in levels of intensity, it doesn't make sense. Because one actually changes the game, gives someone an advantage, the other changes how you or the skin of your gun looks, which two of the three options available, you can't even see. And the gun skins are dirt cheap. You could buy them for 200 silver coins. Dude, I had almost every skin for both characters when I was done. I think there's that, and I think there's also the fact... I know what you're saying, I think... So, it is okay to say and freak out at the same level that there's any microtransactions. I don't see a problem with somebody saying, I fucking hate them. I agree. But then if if you want to talk about them and what's in there, then nuance is required, which is what you're talking about, which is like, well, what is in there? Mm -hmm. And then you start looking, and that's when you start seeing these oddities. Because I I mean, if there was no microtransactions in anything, I'd be a happy camper. I don't like them. They just feel, I I hate them. And yet they are. They're like dirty, yeah. then you got to look into them and go, okay, why are they here? What's the price of the game? What, you know, why would they possibly be here? And there's a little bit more nuance to it, at the very least discussing why somebody thought they were good to be in there. I don't like them. Um, they are cheap. Uh, I'm just worried they'll change the price, which is why I even said, I was just like, I will definitely do an update video if these fuckers try to do what uh, Yeah, I'll, ri- I'll rip my review right off or my yeah, first impressions right off because I was relatively positive. And I'm not going to like sit there and, and help them get sales because I want to be like, oh, Maddie likes it and, you know, and then, yeah, and then they right. get in there and they're like, wait, these microtransactions are awful because that, A, fucks me over and B, it's just not a good look for them. It's like, And no. mine's just going to be short. I had told people on the channel, mine, if those start happening now, my update videos are going to be very short and very pointed and just very negative. Mm-hmm. They'll just be like, nope, they changed the price. Don't buy the game. Game changed to a never touch until they figure because that's obviously underhanded in a decision that they did. So just don't touch them. Yeah, but for right now and current people playing, I know people are playing right now, and the prices are identical. We've I've actually given them the prices I paid, and told mm-hmm. them if they play, I need to know what the price of you know what the prices of everything is, and if I see a single difference, that's when you know you, you yeah. go forward and say anything. Yeah, and fortunately, ladies and gentlemen, uh, everything that's in there is available with the silver coins that you loot around the map, yeah. and those silver coins are stupid easy to aggregate they're they're all over enemies drop them they're in loot they refresh too, Maddie. oh they are they yeah they do i didn't know that but the boxes all respawn oh there you but, go yeah so you'll start getting more and more in the boxes they respawn after a certain amount of time we went back to perfect. a missionary and there was a box there perfect there we go um now there was one game that seemed ripe for microtransactions with all of its multiple currencies that ended up not having any and that was Ultimate Alliance 3, which I believe you gave that a buy, right? I did, but I'm going to tell you right now, I searched for a store fucking tab on that game for like two hours, man. Yeah, yeah, kind of wild. That. Confu- <laughs> oh, dude, you can't tell me that, like, you know how it is. You get the transformed diamonds into pyramids into money, and you're like, I think up. I, I have this wild theory based, and I'm waiting for the story to come out, even if it's years from now, that based off the art style, which I really like, by the way, but the art style, the way the currency's handled, th- this screamed to me. It jumped off the page to me that this was like at one point going to be a free to play title service or a free yeah, to play. Yeah, free like there play. was yeah. something in there that got removed last minute. I I really feel, which is why I personally I like the game and I said like yeah you should pick it up because it's it's fun. It's like Dynasty Warriors almost kind of fun. 
Uh, that's how I equated it, but it's it's such a, a messy game. Like, it's so all over the place with all of its currencies and menus. things happening. Yeah, menus. Men- are... Bro, why would you go out of the menu? Remember when you're in the menu screen, you have to go out to buy your passive group in mm-hmm. the hexagons? And you're mm-hmm. just like, why is this even... I get why it's there. I now get it because you can then build teams you want and they still have good pluses. But at the same time, you're like, that's another currency or another place to spend this money? It's, yeah. It, it's odd. You always end up leaving the menu and forget that you spent, you forgot to spend oh, something yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And, and you got to go back time. in. <laughs> overall, what I you think about the care. Oh yeah. That's what I was going to go for it. That's no, I was going to, I was going to just give a general take that like overall, yeah. I, I thought the combat uh, needed, I want to say depth because like the original ones didn't have really depth. They had enemy types. Like you, you know, in the first one you'd have someone with like altered genetics or they'd be energy resistant. So you couldn't just spam abilities at them Yeah. or you'd have to use a pop up on them. And then you could just start hammering away at them. There was this level of mental engagement that I, I equated it to like, you're putting the key in the door, you're unlocking it. And then you're kicking the door down pretty much. Um, that the game was really missing that. So it became almost like a Musou title, a warriors game where you were just, beating the snot out of everybody in like a 10 foot radius with humongous abilities. And, uh, it was fun in that manner, but, um, I actually didn't notice until, until I watched another review that some of the, and this is a testament to how chaotic the action gets that I didn't see this, but, um, a lot of the animations used for special attacks are actually reused from, yeah, like the, or rather the extreme attacks are reused from specials, which I thought was a little disappointing because I thought that was, that's another shortcut for this game did you also um so yeah i liked it as well uh a bit chaotic but overall i, I enjoyed it um i i checked out you were ta- talking to me about the n plus so i went back and played the superior or whatever the new difficulty is mm-hmm. um i will say that on the harder difficulties the one and and on the trials did you do any of the trials yes yeah, did a decent amount those of trials. things that's when i think it can become difficult and where there is a time especially for me i had a difficulty with doc ock where it was like half, it was like your normal attacks only do like one tenth of the damage or something. Oh, but yeah. And it's like your supers do the most. But or your something supers like that. do a, a bunch. So then you have to build them up. And I thought that was a cool tactic, but it is like they, it's almost like they took those tactics out of the base game, right? Mm-hmm. And put them in the trials, which I'm not dead set against. Um, but I would agree. It did feel a little uh, dynasty. But you know what? I played Gauntlet, which doesn't have a lot of depth. Yeah, that's um, why I said to people, I was so, like, hey, it was fun, crazy action. You know, just a yeah. weak attack, a strong attack, and some abilities, and creating teams. Um, did you? What did you think about the, the progression, by chance? Because I felt like there were so many little percentages per character that it wasn't uh, until the late, 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 late game that you were really noticing, like, okay, I'm actually hitting harder now or okay my my uh the strength on wolverine like i gave him a f- 1000 strength bonus iso gem i gave him a 501 and that's when i started to realize okay now he's really clobbering people you know that's when it started to pick up but that was like chapter eight yeah yeah i would say that it was noticeable it didn't bother me i did play it where i bounced every character Okay. Um, as so in i tried to play every, yeah and i think i was telling you in this la- in the last podcast that it, depending on how you play for example i don't like wolverine at all anyway so i didn't <sighs> even i played him one time so yeah i don't know why i maybe it's I contrarian me um 
So that one I didn't, but I did. I definitely noticed that where some characters I would um, go to the passives menu, right? And you're buying all those dots, you know, plus 10 to health, plus 10 to health, plus 20 to health. You're opening up new hexagons and all this shit. I did notice those mattering later on when you get, I think the ISO gems are really what you're feeling. At least that's how I felt. Cause the ISO gems I think are very powerful if you get some of them. Yeah. And I think that's what like I randomly generated, which becomes a little, I got some yeah. shit ones. Dude, I got one that was like, your attack is increased by 100, your defense is decreased by 100 or something. I'm like, oh, um, I don't like mini-maxing. I hate yeah. mini-maxing. Um, I just want a positive. So I was taking smaller positives so I didn't get a negative on the ISO gems. Yeah. But I think it's also the slots. It's not only just that you're seeing more power when you're in 8th chapter and ninth. It's when you get more slots for ISOs because then those start to really augment, you know, because you can you could do two strength gems and then suddenly your character is hitting much harder. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a luck, luck of the draw might've been unfortunately on, not on your side for some things where on mine, I would say it wasn't on my side for getting anything that wasn't mini maxing, but some of the ones I got were pretty strong pretty soon. Mm -hmm. It also just depends on the characters and how I played. I played a lot of um, big bruisers and I loved the spider guys. Um, yeah, any, they were Gwyn, I liked, yeah, they were Spider, fun. Spider Gwen was, like, really good off the bat. Yeah, and Sp Spawn did a shit ton of damage and has the shark thing where he turns into, like, shark oh, Spawn Venom? and comes yeah, out yeah, of the yeah. Or Ven I'm What did I fucking call him? I think you called him Spawn. <laughs> I, I knew what you were talking this about This happened right last fucking game when we were talking about Spider-Man, <laughs> the, the original PS4 game, every time. Yeah, Venom. Right. I liked him starting out. Um, I was not a fan of, like, I thought Thor's attacks were shit. He had mm -hmm. this one attack where you hold the hammer out and you move slowly to aim, and I thought that was just dick. Mm -hmm. uh, it didn't feel right in that kind of game. Um, but some of the big guys I loved, uh, and I liked them all. Nightcrawler was fucking awesome, too. Oh, dude, I Man. used him the whole game once I unlocked yeah, him. Yeah, once I unlocked him, Nightcrawler was like... It, 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 it was rapier, sword mm -hmm. fighting... His the one-liners he dropped. He he was probably my character of the game. I would say I, I used mean, him. Games. I used Wolverine. I used Psylocke. As you guys can tell, I may or may not like the X Men a little bit. And I used Black Panther. Um, and Black Panther actually played really different from the rest of them. That was what was interesting and what kind of kept me uh -huh. hooked is that um, everyone played you, or not everyone, but you'd sometimes stumble across a different feeling character. So Black Panther was all about when you used a strong attack, it was a knock up. And then he had abilities that could be pulled in the air that did a ton of damage. So what I did was I beefed up his, uh, I think it was his A ability. And um, it was this like aerial cycle that pretty much shredded the opponent. And so what I do is I knock them up and just pretty much shred them up in the air. And then they drop dead like right then and there. It was, um, he played differently compared to everyone else who was more about like, you know, area of effect attacks and 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 just covering a wide ground. He was more so. That's solo funny because I chose Cap. I chose Captain Marvel, and she played the same way. She was more fists, and then she mm -hmm. had one where she would bust across the level. And I, it's funny you notice that because I noticed that with her that she was mm -hmm. a little bit more m fighter esque. Yeah, like yeah, like, she had know, like and one of her first abilities is just like a big punch. Yeah, and it stunned the bosses, by the way. If you timed it right, you could stun the bosses, and you could end up doing a lot of damage to the bosses, where mm -hmm. some of the other characters' uh, power-ups would take longer, and it was hard to time the power-up with, with that opening. But hers, I got her timing down pretty well, and that was... It, yeah, so it's funny we both gravitated, I would say, towards like a, a little bit of at least one fighter character in there, or somebody who felt a little bit, I don't know, it felt a little bit normal, mm -hmm. almost, in the way they were attacking.
Did you have any issues with feeling like some characters ended up getting left behind? You know, for me, like, I'd love to go back and do Miss Marvel, but she's level 5. And you could use yeah, the XP I... cubes, and they get you to, oh, what, level yeah. 15, and then you're like, alright, you're still pretty weak. You kind of have to grind them back up. I did the three three on one thing. I usually do it in any of these kind of games where the other people don't level up. Where I'll take three high levels and one low level into a high level area, mm-hmm. so that they get their experience higher faster. So I was doing that. Yeah, they for sure do, dude. So because so, I think Wolverine's pretty early. There's Wolverine. Oh, the uh, bird dude, fucking um, Falcon. With the widget spinner attack. Yeah, I, I got him pretty quick and um, le- left him behind. Didn't think about it and then went back and you know, tried to put him in the team and was like, oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah. that was hard. And especially once I got Hawkeye, because Hawkeye had a particular attack, which is, I think it was Y on my controller, but um, it was a very powerful single bow shot. And once I got him, he sort of replaced some of the other guys, and I used him a little more than I probably should have. Mm-hmm. And I found some of my guys were low level. But on a game like that, I'm okay, because there are trials to do. Or there are, like you said, there's also the ISO. It takes a while. There's no button to remove all the ISO gems. I would have loved a button to where I could say, like, unequip this dude. Right? Yeah, because you'd have to bring them into your party, unequip their gems. Exactly. Get rid but of imagine them. If, if you could, imagine if there was more of a, here's all your ISO gems, here's your dude, unequip. Because you can do that in Injustice, too. You can mm-hmm. just remove stuff, you can change stuff, you, have different, you even have different setups. I think you have up to five profiles. You might even have more than that. So I wish they had done that. In yeah. fact, like you said, so it, it is. It's messy. It's it's messy because there's a lot of shit going on too. Like in their defense, they have a lot of characters right at the start. Most Gauntlet style games like that, yeah, you're talking really surprised. like eight characters maybe, and those guys were just like, here's a, every level three characters. It'd be like so and so with their bow, you know, and it'd do the graphic, and then it'd be like blah blah blah, and it would show them, yeah, and, like and, the Borderlands style text underneath. Their yeah, name. exactly. And you'd just be like, whoa, this is fucking cool. And then go talk. I like talking to them. It sounds really dumb because they only said like two lines, but I, I dug there was it no that, like, like dialogue like in the previous no. two Ultimate Alliance yeah. games, which I wanted to rip my hair out when I saw that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, oh. I see a lot of people missing that. Oh my gosh. But overall, fun game. That's all it was. And and that, that's that's that why one I like boss it. battle, Maddie. I gotta ask you, Ultron. Is that not like one of the longest boss battles ever? Yeah, but I thought it was really cool. I did too, but it was long as fuck. Yeah. It was like, at 50%, I was telling people when I was watching the stream, I'm like, dude, you're like 50% of the way through. Because it's like when they, <laughs> when, when they start to turn huge, mm-hmm. they were like, oh, this, it's over. And I'm like, no, dude, you've got a long time to go. Because I think one of them mm-hmm. had to pee on stream. And I was like, no, dude, you're going to be, you're going to explode by the time this is over. I liked it, though. Yes, I liked the battle. It was just, they, there were some cosmic battles, you know, mm-hmm. some, some bigger ones. Yeah, it was good. It was good. All right. Let's move on to another quick discussion. We're going to talk about Dragon Quest XI, which recently it was confirmed that there's brand new content coming to the Nintendo Switch version. So pretty much what's happening is you have your companions that you acquire throughout the course of the game, and now they've added essentially companion quests where you get to play as them and go out and tackle their own personal stories, which adds a little bit of meat to uh, what was already a big game. So I think that's really good for Switch owners. It'll be my first time playing the game when I do pick it up, so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, But what we wanted to talk about today was some of our favorite re-releases in games, uh, whether it's a remake, like, we'll say, Resident Evil 2, um, or or a re-release in a package or something that got buffed up, whether it's just mere graphics in an HD re-release or 
um, something that really received a substantial change. We just wanted to open the door on that discussion as well in what has, once again, been a slow news week. So, Carrick, do you have any uh, games that have re-released or been remade or have gotten a little bit of an HD buff that have uh, stuck in your mind? Uh, if you don't, I have one I can go with right off the bat. Uncharted, um, which Uncharted got remade? Was it 3? I think it was three. One of the Uncharted's got remade at 60 FPS on the PS4. They had like a whole collection, the Nathan Drake collection. Yeah, which I was think it was one, one two, three. and three maybe? Yeah. So I think I noticed three just because, let's be honest, three looked incredible. And mm-hmm. one looked good, but not. It was just a lush the... jungle, really. So there wasn't that yeah. variety. Yeah. And so I would say that one got me more interested because I was not a huge Uncharted fan mm-hmm. for the longest time. So I would say that one got me like really interested i think most remasters aren't the greatest depending on the price they're very good right uh, it just depends um yeah i would say that one's the one that like i i definitely got me to return to the game oh and then uh the other one last of us hmm. their i think their remake was pretty good remaster nice remake remaster i guess that'd be a remaster up up res who knows um yeah my favorite is easily and i know some will think there's some bias here but it's easily kotor 2 because it was such a I wake up, I check my phone, there's news that KOTOR 2 just got an update on PC, it now supports, like, modern resolutions, there's controller support, there's mods, there's achievements, it quite literally got, digitally at least, an HD re-release, so to speak, and I thought that was just the coolest thing because it was free, so if you own the game already, downloaded it. Uh, it didn't become its own separate product where uh, if you didn't own it already and you were interested that you had to pay a higher price to get it it was just a free update that hit the game out of nowhere uh, and only that game not kotor one which arguably needs it more because uh as time has gone on i continue to suggest this game more and more people have asked me how to get it running on their pc uh it's just kotor 2 um and i thought that was just a neat little piece of gaming history there that happened. Um, when did I, that I really, happen, I, when did it happen? Yeah, when did uh, KOTOR 2 get the remake? Or remaster? I want to say 2016. Gotcha. Okay. I want to say, because I remember I slept over at my friend's house and I woke up and I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> Straight up, I was like, I gotta go. I gotta make a video and I'm gonna play this shit. Let me His see. His mom's making breakfast for Maddie and all this shit and you're like, sorry lady. Sorry, lady. KOTOR 2, which I've already played multiple times. Got a remaster. Got to go. July 21st, 2015? Oh, gotcha. 2015? Really? That was before I was reviewing games. Well, no. It was just when I started reviewing games. I don't even remember that. Yeah, yeah. It... Ten years later, Star Wars KOTOR 2 gets an official update. Uh, this was on Kotaku at July 21st, 2015. So, uh, wow, we just passed the... Uh, the four-year anniversary. Um, it came with 37 achievements, Steam Cloud Saves, native widescreen resolution support, resolution support up to 4K and 5K support for controllers, including 360, Xbox One, PS3, and 4, Steam Workshop support, and we added a force speed effects option in the menu. Mm. And because there's mod support, it allowed people to get the restored content mod, which patched up a lot of the bugs, glitches, and issues with the game, uh, added some additional content. So yeah, that that was easily hands down my favorite. I, I think that's going to be impossible to top because obviously it's one of, if not my favorite game of all time. But also like it, it was just such a out of nowhere surprise. It was incredible. 
It was incredible. Um, for me, what tab? Sorry, I'm answering a question for somebody. No, um, you're good. When when it comes to the, these, I, I will say one that disappointed me, and not in the typical way, where somebody will say, "Oh, it's too expensive." The mm-hmm. ones that really disappointed me, dude, are the Batman ones, and the reason why is because they came out on the new systems, the remasters did. They had worse graphics, they didn't have as many special effects, and now there's like 50 versions of every Batman game. Yeah, it's like no, like go look. Yeah, I don't even know, and I'm I'm being honest. I'm not blowing it out of proportion. I actually don't know what to buy. So there's been people who've said, okay, I want to get into Batman, and I'm all, uh, I love them all, you know, differing levels of maybe some other people, but I'm like, okay, you should definitely get them. And they're like, well, which version? I'm like, fuck, dude. I, because there might be a slight FPS increase in one, but it doesn't have as good of graph, the atmospheric lighting that, mm-hmm. you know, and all this shit. And that really depressed me because normally you expect better, right? I mean, you do. If it's going to be new, it's going to be better, or, you know, FPS, better graphics better resolution whatever and those games are some of the first that were actually d i mean people joked and called them the d masters because there were multiple <laughs> times where they were worse that idea. sort of sucked yeah um but i think overall like those are good examples of ones that come up i just think with remasters man it, it requires a lot to it really be worth it for anybody who owns the originals like when you were talking about kotor that makes sense oh suddenly it's got like widescreen support or something you know something that it didn't happen it didn't have before that that to me is more worthwhile even than a lot of some of the other remasters we get where right. like we went from 1080p to 4k and you're like all right you know that's good but mm-hmm. if you are adding the functionality controller support like you said that's a huge deal that's like that right there is that's a quality of life improvement and yeah. i think all i think almost all remasters need to have all those all those quality of life improvements should be like the de facto floor for a remaster mm-hmm. you know what i mean like use kotor 2 as your what do you call it as your as your blueprint for anybody doing a remaster like this is the very minimum of stuff we need to add which is all these quality of life stuff yeah i mean it it, you know here's the thing is that i don't know how easy they are to implement into a game but i feel like a trophy and achievement system is almost a quality of life improvement in of its own when you pop it into a game um just because it's something it previously didn't have and i think that's what serves as a big deal for a lot of people is when you 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 know, if you have a Skyrim Special Edition, for example, um, Bethesda was sort of trying to, we'll say, exaggerate some of the graphical changes that were coming to the game when none of them were significant. And the only significant one was modding, which is what people just bought it for. But most, I feel nowadays, when it comes to re-releases, are just sold on the idea of the game being available on current platforms. Because what's happening with this console transition is we're seeing uh, popular games from back then be recreated in an attempt to be the definitive edition for the rest of our lives probably like i think resident evil 2 is the first step of that where um it it was so good and so well made um and and modernized in just the right parts and not every game will turn out that way but there's no point in going back to that original i think you're going to start to see that transition with these re-releases that they're like let's just remake the game that you know with the way modern technology is going we're going to start getting these consoles that are not like new launches but rather upgrading specs on the inside and they're going to be backwards compatible. Games aren't getting left behind. So this isn't just a project for us. This is a lifeline for this game forever now. True. Yeah, forever now. 
Um, so. I, it would also, I would like to see some of those games that you and I liked that like don't even have leaderboards anymore. Well, first of all, we see some games get leaderboards on remasters. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I've seen that pop up. Um, but I would also like them to figure out like multiplayer in some of these because I've known I, I know a couple remasters came out where the multiplayer was removed. I think Assassin's Creed actually got one of them. Yeah, no, it did. I think. Oh yeah, the they used to have the, they remember, used to have the cool multiplayer mode. Holy crap! One of my favorites, by the way, Brotherhood had one of the best. My friend, multiplayer. I used to rip on him for it because he used to grind that game, man, grind oh. it. <laughs> That's I just, so funny I, you bring that up. I love the idea of sneaking into groups and not knowing if this person beside you is the real human or the NPC mm -hmm. and all this stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Remasters and remakes. Uh, is, uh, I mean, I would rather have a remake, obviously. But I think financially it can't always be done. Yeah. But a good remake also needs to look at controls, right? Because um, Outcast is a good example. Outcast got remade and it could have set the world on fire because Outcast is one of the best. RPG adventure games ever for its time, but its remaster is terrible. They Outcast left the control scheme in, which was I don't even think you played it. No, Outcast is Outcast is basically Tomb Raider in space. Oh shit, that sounds cool. <laughs> uh dude, and it looks cool on Steam, but don't get it. Because the one thing they didn't do is they didn't bug fix game killing bugs, which there were three of them, and they didn't fix the control, which even back then people bitched about. So it you get this big upgrade and you're looking at it going oh this is awesome and they also didn't adjust the audio I See, forgot that's... it's still 48k audio that's so when crazy. they talk it's like yeah that's crazy because there's some updates to games like Rare Replay is a good example where you had uh, what is it called Jet Force Gemini the third person shooter and when you first boot that game up the controls are set where it's awful and it can you know playing a, a shooter on a 64 just doesn't feel right anyway. Yeah. But, you know, what are you going to do with that controller? But yeah. with the re-release, you thought, okay, map it with two thumbsticks. And they didn't start off that way until you went into the controller layout and, like, a couple of options Adjusted deep. It. it was changed for, like, you know, look, run with this left stick, aim with this right stick, shoot with the right trigger, do this with the left. Like, it was modernized and it played amazing. I love that yep. game, man. But, like, it's um, it's um, it blows my mind that something like that's, like, not... Let's preset that, you know, that that yeah. type of stuff just goes so long because I guarantee there are people who, like with many of these re-release re collections, you know, you're going game to game to game to see what catches you and grabs you for an extended period of time and, like, you only got five minutes, right? Uh, and and you, you hop in there and you're like, what are these controls? All right, next. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, and they miss out. And it, we've I, I've seen it on a couple games um, where the default is worse by a good amount. Mm-hmm. And you're you're just sort of surprised by the thought process of them not, not even giving you a tutorial, being like, if you want to change, then you can go do this. In fact, I think when Witcher Three finally fixed all their control issues, because when Witcher Three first released, there was a lot of complaints about how it controlled buttons to pick things up, and I believe when they patched it, even I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they changed the default to the new one, or they alerted you, in game that there was a new control scheme available. One of those just, two needs to happen. I just remember that game, they changed the text, the font size, because it was very tiny. They did change tiny. that 4K. Remember, yeah. um, they're not the only ones who've released a game, and I've had people in the Discord I think no man's like, I can't had to do fucking that as well. see it. Yeah. yeah, and people are like, I can't see it on a 4K TV. Like, what were they thinking? <laughs> you know, which, which I get. I get, definitely. Yeah. All right. Last subject is patron questions. So let's get right into it. We got... 11, as I said, if I counted right, and there is no overlap. 
So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. We start off with Natural Calamity, who said, who asks, hold on, Discord's being weird and refreshed my page. Okay, what game, and then he puts in parentheses and S, like what game or games, shaped you as a gamer in your young age and do you think would make a fundamental change to the gamer you are now if they did not exist? So, um, pretty much what games shaped us and then what games do you think could have changed the gamer we were if we played them at a different period in time. I think the latter part's a little hypothetical, and I don't know how I can narrow that down. Yeah, that one, see, that part, see, but for the for the first one, like, yeah, there, I mean, Space Harrier. KOTOR. <laughs> KOTOR. Yeah, all those, uh, pretty much the reason why they're favorites on our list is probably because they did that, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't we say that may, many times that's why they're they're sort of on our lists of games we like. Right. Because they did do that. Um, I would say, yeah, KOTOR, um, Baldur's Gate, like all those old games. And they, what they did is they, like, they made me really realize that story could be good without, for example, voice. Any game with voice, full voiceovers, that changed my entire world. Mm-hmm. It changed my entire... Because, dude, I was so accustomed to that shit, man, where you're reading text. You know me. And I'm like, oh, I don't fucking want to click through this. And when I, when, when uh, the first couple games add full voice, those changed me completely. Because they made me buy into something that, in the past, I, I just didn't have the patience to buy into. Right. Right, yeah. I, yeah, for me, it's, it's KOTOR. Because, you know, I always said as a kid... Because I thought I had this brilliant idea no one had left on. I was like, I want to... Because I'd read a choose-your-own-adventure book. And I thought it was cool that I could flip to whatever page and make choices. And I was always like, I want to choose your own adventure game. And then KOTOR was that, essentially. You know, you you had, like, dialogue choices, and I could pick what I wanted to say. Yep. And I always dreamed of, like, having a headset on, and I'd sit there and, like, talk at the TV, and they'd register what I was saying. I always thought that would be something that's really cool in a game. Um, But, yeah, KOTOR was one of the most defining ones for me. Get a VR headset so you can do uh, Dragon Natural Born for for Skyrim. That's what you do. Yeah, but I want to like. You're saying I could I could talk and be like, "Hey, what's up?" and like the personal. Oh, you yeah. mean like verb, uh, like uh, like, like slang, like pretty up, much man? real life in a virtual world. Yeah, um, <laughs> impossible that, shit. That demo I did a couple months ago that I talked about, they definitely were very close. But yeah, you're right. No, no, that's yeah. not what I meant. That would yeah, I get you. That yeah. that shit. That's Nirvana, baby. I'll oh, never or, or I'll have never like wash a again. a word bank. That, like, yep. registers certain responses. So if I say, screw you, fuck you, I hate you, it all evokes, like, one response from them that says, like, what did you say to me? You know, something like that. Yeah, an angry response back kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, it's funny because 2K, the NBA 2K series had it where if your connect was hooked up and you cursed um, and it caught you, it would give you a technical foul. <laughs> no way. What? <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh. Yeah, there was a video that went viral a good couple of years ago where a guy was playing. And he was like, "Ah, oh, fuck this!" And like, he got a technical for like cursing on the court. You know, it's like funny. That. You and I've talked about like, well, Wildlands we didn't love, but the idea was good. Um, those kind of games, I've always liked the idea that you can. There's some games that if you talk too loud, mm-hmm. your voice carries from your character, and I thought that was pretty cool. Really? So like, yeah, there's a couple. Uh, there's a couple military shooters on the PC where if we're talking in game. And I talk too loud, so I can say, like, Tango, that'd be fine. But if I'm like, I'm over fucking here, then it actually draws a sound <laughs> cone, and enemies near me will hear that. And I, I think I that's a that. good 
I think that is a good game, uh, a good atmosphere builder for some mm -hmm. games. I think that could be. Imagine doing the next. What's that breaking point? The new Rainbow, uh, the new um, Ubisoft game that they're doing. The demo oh, 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 uh, the the Siege Zombie one or whatever. No breaking point with the guy from uh, The Walking Dead and Punisher. Oh, um, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, okay, the new new or breakpoint. Uh, I think Wildlands or whatever. Yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. So People are testing that right now, and it's very calm and quiet and sedate and stealthy. I would love for something like that, where four mm -hmm. of us were in a team, and I wanted to talk to you. I had to either get close to you for you to hear me. You would have to play that way, because otherwise we'd just use Discord. But I like the idea of it, at least. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I would add it. AC Denton asks, Games that should take something from another game slash series. I'd love to see Thief, Deus Ex, and Dishonored incorporate mod tools and level editing. Placing things, selecting the target, object, slash objective, slash NPC, and allowing others to play it via online sharing. Co-op, too. This is a great question. Um, game series that I'd love to see. I'd like to see more titles take the social link elements from Persona. I think that they do character building in a way that rewards both gameplay and investment with uh, getting involved in the characters they spend so much time creating and, and adding depth to. Um, they paced it out well where it doesn't feel like, you know, you've got to blitz through a companion quest line to, to unlock and understand what's going on. I think more games could benefit from that. Like, okay, you spent this much time with them. You're not quite there yet. You got to develop that relationship and now, you know, go off and do something else for a little bit. Okay. Now it's time to come back if you want to, or you can do this, this, that. I think that that social element that persona has is, is really, really unique. And it's what makes that series special, but I I'd love to see more try something in that vein. We've seen series directly try to copy it and I don't think it works, but um, taking inspiration from it, I'd love to see. I think a lot could benefit um... from that. So something from another game series, like a mechanic. Uh, man. Okay, well, hmm. So do we have to give the game we want it to go into? Or No, I didn't. I just would like to see a certain, that mechanic, personally. So what I would like to see is any game that adds stealth actually either cheat and steal the thief light, light bar that shows how you know, visible you are, those kind of, but basically fix stealth. Um, yeah. Wolfenstein has stealth, but it's not, it's, it's shooter stealth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a difference, right? Between a shooter yeah, stealth yeah, yeah. and a stealth game. Um, I would love for people, if they add anything, we've talked about this, if they add anything into games, it needs to, it needs to be there. If there's a survival element, it goddamn well, you know, like Red Dead, I like the game, number two, I love it, but I didn't need to drink or eat if I didn't want to. I'd be a little skinnier, right? And yeah, a little you'd be, less you'd be okay. Yeah. Yeah, and to me, I so I would I would just say like stealth elements or survival elements that we've seen do really well in games where it really matters. I would like to see those and other if you put it at all, make mm -hmm. it matter for some reason. Um, don't just add shit. We've seen that a lot lately, where it's like, guess what we have? We have this, and you're all okay. But why? Like, right? Does it matter? Um, so that's sort of a cheat because that's a big general thing. I was actually gonna say a game called Outward, which is the RPG oh, yeah. at least. They have the your pack, mm -hmm. and when you get defeated, your pack's out there, and you have to go back and get it. I do like those kind because of, it's like a pack run instead of a corpse run. Mm -hmm. I sort of dig that. Um, but they also have a thing where, it, in some cases, when you die, you don't die; you get taken like jail. You have to break out. Where I, I would like to see that in other games too, where it's not an instant failure state. For example, how many games will you have an NPC be like, "Don't kill him, 
or or you know they need you for later for the story, but they'll kill you anyway. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know what would be better right here is if they tasered you or whatever, and now you're in a prison somewhere, and you have to like get out of the prison in a different style of gameplay to get back to where you were, or something like that. Like I would like I would like to see death states change, um, which is a problem like Wolfenstein, that. for example, has because you share the lives, and if you're at the end of the level and you both die, no checkpoints are saved in that game. So you can go an hour and a half in a battle and then die, and you're all the way back at the starting. Yeah. And instead, I would love for the Nazis to take you hostage. Um, That'd be and interesting. And you have to break out. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. I would love to see those changes. Grimblade asks. I'm sorry, Flat Grimblade, because he uh, he's responded he, to to last week's. Uh... He's ch- changed them all. Just Flat Grim Grimblade. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he's a you flat earther. You Maddie. You can tell, right? Yeah, That's absolutely. The one thing. You never have to worry he, he, about. He he said. Uh, I think it was was it last week or two weeks ago. He 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 saw that the podcast was about an hour and a half. He's like, "Oh, it's a short one this week." I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, we're, that. we're at that, that point like, now. We're our two and a half hours of the standard. Um, yeah. Grim asks, "What is the most unique RPG character you've made, video game or tabletop?" For example, I once played an enterprising businessman in a serious Save the World D and D campaign. That's a real oh, man. Uh, I've played D and D a couple of times. Probably my favorite character I've made, which I think on the Patreon I put my whole character bio out there just for people who wanted to see some of my writing. Um, and I made a like I went against the grain in what was a um, our our campaign was going to be about I think we were on like a prison island and we were trying to escape and figure out what was going on outside this island because we had just woken up there and um, it seemed very you know fantasy driven. Um, kind of by the books, D&D stuff. And so I was like, I'm going to do something different with my character. So I made a orc, mage, or priest, cleric, one of those three, uh, named Soft Tusks. Because, you know, all the orcs have tusks, and they're, they're hard, and they hook their enemies with them. And I was like, I'm going to call him Soft Tusks. He's this guy, he's, he's like an ostracized, nice kind of orc who, who mastered the art of uh, mage stuff. And... Uh, I gave him, like, this whole backstory where he was, like, obsessed with books and, and constantly reading while everyone was, like, you know, parading bodies into the village and, and taking over parts of this overall bigger city. Um, that was definitely one of my favorite things I've, I've done for a character. Um, usually I just like to play the game and, and watch how it reacts to me. Um, but D&D is one of those type of games where I can actually get creative with the person I'm building. Because there's there's limitless options there, quite literally. Because you you and your DM really control how you can work around that. Whereas the game has these limits and ramifications that are there in place, which makes sense. So um, I usually am not one of those people who's like, I'm going to create Harley Quinn and, and Divinity Original Sin. I'm going to play as her and, and be an evil laughing psychopath, which I tried in the first one. That's why I bring up that example. It's just like I can't get into it that way. I insert myself better when I'm myself trying to make a choice. Um, I would say the top I'll, I'll just I have two Carrick which is where I got the name from that's one character but the, the one I'll go with and tell the story because that one's in the novels I've written stuff but the, the, what, this, this one that I like the, the most um, was I think it was Sasha Sarenlord I think was his name but he was a <laughs> thief who couldn't steal so I gave him the lowest dexterity possible 
Um, but he was incredibly rich, so he would pay people to say he stole from them and spread his word everywhere. <laughs> so he, he, That's amazing. His, yeah, so all of his that friends my out of the was, water. That's yeah, so all good. of his friends thought he was the best thief in the world, and um, I would write sonnets and little rhymes about myself and pay bards in, ta- in towns to sing about this amazing thief and how he was like That's awesome. could never be touched. But I And everything I had was an excuse, and even the game players with me would start to go, oh, it's just bad luck, you know, or something like that. But then I would, what I would do is like one time we were supposed to steal something. We did, we weren't able to steal it, but I didn't tell anybody I had more than enough money to pay for it. So I went in and I paid the guy for it and got it. And they're like, you got past like 10 guards. And I just bribed multiple guards to get in and then, and then grabbed it. And so all the players, and I'm not a big against player fan at all. In fact, I hate, I don't like the antagonistic, um, we're against each other. So over time, we sort of, I sort of explained what I was like and, you know, what had happened and why I did this. And oh, so I they love bought, being the, into the chaotic element in the group that, I don't want, I don't, I don't troll in my D&D group, I should mention that, but I like to make sure I stay true to my character, even when I know it's against, like, the best interest to be like, oh, that's oh not, I, to me, that's not an all neg- antagonistic. What I'm saying is, I've, a lot of players use, treat D&D to be antagonistic because they can't in real life. And they'll right. be, you know, very brutal or very like, um, well, like you said, the homicidal thing. Uh, most DMs we have, if you were homicidal for no reason, you would die right very quickly. Like somebody would, you know, it would, you would, it, it wouldn't work, mm-hmm. you know, because most of the time there are a set of rules in the world that right. ha- sort of fight that. Right. Um, no, I'm, I'm fine with that. It's just, I know a lot of people who really want to be antagonistic or make it hard on other players. Um, and I wasn't like that with this one. So, yeah, so we just lied about everything and that's just awesome. told everybody was amazing. And it's cool because I have a little town named after me in the game world that's on our – we have an Obsidian Portal website, and it's like my town. People mm-hmm. all think I'm this one guy, but in real life, like, I'm absolutely terrible. Awesome. Dude, thumbs for every finger. It's pretty – yeah, it was, that was a blast to make that character. And he's been going for 18 years, I think. Nice. So Carrick in our story has been going for, like, 22 Sasha's been going for a long time. Those are always fun, right? Yeah. I mean, that's you can do stuff no video game will ever come close to. Well, yeah, and I think that tails into another great question. This one's D&D-focused as well. It comes from Bearded Panda. Uh, it says, what is your preferred class slash build when it comes to building a character in D&D or an RPG? I typically gravitate towards conjunction mages and, or, I'm sorry, or archers. Um, I always prefer an elf. If a game has an elf... Mm-hmm. I pick an elf. It's Skyrim, Baldur's Gate, uh, does not matter. Any fantasy game, I always pick the elf. Uh, and the type of elf I always like to go for is like a high elf, um, you know, archery preferred. Um, I think it's because as a kid, I, w- I thought Legolas was one of the, the coolest characters ever. Sure. Right. And so. That's what builds our ideas of what's mm-hmm. cool in a role playing game. It's exactly. So for me, I was all about any type of elven archer. Always had my attention. Um, and I still have that to this day. My friends tease me all the time. Like, they see an elf, they're like, okay, that's Matt's guy. Divinity Original Sin 2. Built an elf. I think I did a Blood Mage um, elf in that game. I was a war... That, that's one game that's... Oh, my God. If you like D&D, Divinity Original Sin 2 is perfect for you. Um, but, yeah, in, in that game, I did a Blood Mage warrior... So pretty much what happens is I'd rush into combat and I'd lose a ton of health. My friends would be like, you're going to die. And it's like, no, I'm not. Cause I'd be standing in pools of blood. So at the end of every turn, I'd use the blood and just regenerate health. Right. And it was awesome. Um, so pretty much I prefer an elven mate or elven archer. 
but um, it really depends what the game offers, because I'm usually not your tanky, in-your-face type of player, but in Divinity Original Sin 2, they offered a cool cross between two classes that really didn't work together, uh, yeah. but I made it work, and so, you know, you get to get crafty with your with how you build yourself, so it really depends what options the game offers, but yeah, default is Elven Archer, for sure. Yeah, and we use classless, so I'm trying to think. I mean, almost all of our games don't have classes. You kind of make your own? They, we, Yeah, I mean, there are classes, but they're not in the typical Paladine mage, that, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I would say, so you could have a fighter that is a hedge wizard kind of thing. He has okay. a couple spells. Um, but I would say for typical D&D, I like beast creatures, strangely enough. So I'm exactly like you. You chose an orc with soft tusks. Multiple <laughs> times I've chosen orcs. Um ostracized i do like orcs so i've chosen orcs that like um maybe learned english um one was the family lived under a house and so he learned english from humans who spoke it really well so he was actually able to speak you know i like that kind of stuff i like i like beastmen uh not they i don't want them to be super bestial but like even in skyrim i like playing the orcs i like that look um and if i choose an elf which is probably my second favorite it would actually i go the opposite way i want dark so, like, if they have dark elves or mm. moon elves, um, any of the ones that sort of the opposite of typical, um, the typical like high, I'll try to I'll try to usually find like a dark elf or a moon elf or something that has to do with night or something slightly off kilter. Right. Not too not too far away from the norm. Cool. Tropical Ice Cal asks a really great question. Uh, when Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is fun, or while Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is fun, PS4 Spider-Man and the four Arkham Batman games have set the standard for superhero video games and the MCU, arguably the most popular pop culture ever, grossing over $22 billion worldwide. Why do you think that Crystal Dynamics has their game with the Avengers going the way they have? Bad management. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it always... Always, you know, Bioware taught me this one. It always boils down to managing how the project goes. Because I'm, yeah. I'm sure even Anthem could have been a excellent game if yeah. it was managed well. But and how how it's managed even in the PR stratosphere, right? What that you too. Because you and I spent half an hour last podcast talking about are they possibly making a demo because we couldn't figure out what they were doing. Mm-hmm. That that indicates to me that they can't figure out what they're doing. So mm-hmm. that means bad management. Yeah, I think that's why, because, you know, you've seen Marvel really double down. They used to be uh, the movie people, their games suffered, um, and then you saw DC where their movies suffered, but their games, like the Batman games, did quite well. And um, you saw Marvel really double down and start listing, you know, partners for all their Marvel games. You saw Telltale work on Guardians of the Galaxy, which you know, apparently that was very boring, so I don't think that worked out well, but you saw Insomniac and Spider-Man, which was like a match made in heaven. Um, You saw Capcom return to Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, which you can also say, once again, that did not work out too well, because that game died very, very fast. Um, Just had a very uninspired feel to its combat, compared to uh, MVC3, in my opinion, but um, you saw at least Marvel putting the effort there, and when they did one right, in the case of PS4, um, Spider-Man, they, I mean, they nailed it. That, that was a, a perfect match. So, I, I just think, um, when it comes to this game, it's, it's actually just mismanagement. Also, I think there's the uncomfortable truth that a lot of us don't want to go to, which is that almost all of the big successes are separated around one protagonist. Mm-hmm. 
want Spider-Man and Batman, but any with multiple characters, I think, is much more difficult. Much more difficult oh, yeah. than even you or I could explain. So, like, let's say they decided to do four. Um, four, you know, Batman, Robin, whatever, you know, something mm -hmm. like that. I, I think the difficulty raises astronomically. Yeah, cause because you, you know, you, you probably as a creator want to give all of them some love, right? Exactly. And then what happens when you do give them all love? Sometimes you neuter the, the, the edginess that you might be able to pull off with just yeah. that. And what yeah. if the two characters have some moral disagreement that might work well in comics but doesn't work well in a video game? Mm -hmm. You know, so I think I, I think a lot of people don't really realize it, it, it. Ultimate Alliance didn't do great either. I mean, it is in the yeah. mediocre seventy. Well, I wouldn't say it didn't do great. I'm just saying it's not. Its reviews aren't necessarily as high as those other two, which are set, which are on one character. How how well did Punisher do? Do you remember? Remember Punisher PS4 or PS2 Xbox? Do you know if that game was reviewed well? I don't think it was bad. I think it was Deadpool uh, was average. It was in Deadpool the 70s. was like yeah, I think Deadpool was yeah. in the sixes. Oh, was Punisher. it even lower than that? I, I think, think so. that might have been rated a little low because I played Deadpool recently and I don't see that as a six. But um, maybe that's just. I think I found it. Hold on one second. Let me just make sure it's not doing like the show. It came out in two thousand four, right? Uh, which one? The Punisher. Punisher? Yeah. Shit, it was original Xbox. So no, this, is, yeah. this is a movie. Hmm. PlayStation no, 2, Metacritic. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, we are looking at a 68. 76. Oh, the user 68. score is an okay. 8.1. So. Of course. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I was just wondering. Um, anyway, great question. Uh, let me know if I'm pronouncing this name wrong. R. Jamie or R. Jame. Uh, brand new patron, just joined up. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing here. I hope I didn't miss my chance to ask my question. Nope, if you get it in before 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fridays, you are just fine. Uh, finding a good balance with gaming and family has been something I've struggled with lately. I'm wondering if either of you have struggled with this in the past. What was the moment you realized that you had to change or that you realized something had to change and what you did about it? Uh, this actually happened to me recently. Um, you know, I got a new puppy uh, great, great, great dog, but man, he is a handful right now, because you gotta, you know, it's not like my other dog, Duke, where I can just, you know, leave him in the living room, and he'll be okay, he'll play with a toy, yeah. or he'll just sleep, or he'll chill, and I know he's not gonna piss all over the place, or eat something, or take a dump, um, and cause chaos like puppies do, um, and so what I've had to do is, you know, pretty much we always have some pair of eyes on him at some point in time, um, when we're, whenever someone's in the house, um, we don't really leave him alone all that often, if, and we're gradually starting to do so. But you know, we've had him for almost four months now, uh, and that's what my life's been, man. Is like a lot of my free time has been focusing on revolving around this puppy that we have. Once again, wonderful dog, but it's been a lot to balance. Where um, reviewing games became tougher. I still got it done, but I really had to make that time count. I had to consolidate. I haven't been able to do martial arts as often. Um, you know, the card store I go to to play Dragon Ball Super, I had to kind of cut back on every now and then because sometimes, you know, I'd work all day making videos or getting content ready. And I'd, you know, obviously make sure I exercise in some way because, you know, I'm sitting in a chair all day. And from there, it's like, I'm tired. You know, it's like, I just want to lay down. So for me, it was about consolidating a little bit, not completely cutting off everything, but realizing sometimes it's temporary with these things. Like for my puppy, you know, there'll come a day soon, sooner rather than later where, you know, he's going to be independent and he can go be in a room by himself. Uh, but for now, my, my life 
has to change a little bit for that. So you just have to, you know, A, accept it, um, B, be flexible, and then B, I'd say, um, just kind of identify what you can, not even cut out, but what you can just minimize a little bit. That's all you got to do. It, it, it is uh, tough balancing responsibilities in games, because uh, games are time sinks, but um, you got to also make those times that you sit down to game count. So for me, around 8 p.m. at night, 7 p.m. usually, um, is when I sit down and usually most of my stuff's done. And that's where I can stream or I can put my feet up and, and relax for tonight, depending on how much work I've done previously and um, how much energy I've got. Um, I'll either go and stream and keep going or I'll be like, you know what? I'm just going to chill tonight. Um, so hopefully that helps on my end. Carrick? You got anything for him? Um, what is he looking for exactly? Like, how do you identify when he said? I'm uh, wondering if either of you have struggled with in the past finding a balance between gaming and family. No. Um. Yeah. The, the other thing is, I, I I didn't read it as family, but um. The way I look at it is, games will always be there. You'll always find your time to game. Um. Meanwhile. Uh, your your family's that's a temporary thing, man. They so, die. Yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. bring everybody down. But yes, right. they do. Yeah, and so um, you know, I struggled with it. My my grandma's getting up there. Um, she's been in and out of the doctors a lot lately. Um, and, and it's not like you know I've always been good with visiting her, but sometimes my work is it you know wraps me up, and I sometimes neglect to visit. But you don't want to have that regret afterwards that you didn't do enough. So make it count now, my friend. You know get in there and start enjoying the time with the people you love so you can live life to the fullest. Yeah, and I, the reason why I was saying I didn't change is because I actually technically probably play games less than I did when I didn't review. Because I say that to you all the time. People don't realize it, but when you didn't review, I had to set time aside to play. Like, and I and I, it drove me to play, you know, because I was like, oh, I gotta, you know, because I gotta work tomorrow or whatever. Now I can go for seven days and review games for seven days seven days straight and then oh there's nothing coming out so my weekend is suddenly wednesday thursday which my family's okay with um mm -hmm. but i wouldn't say i interact less because i didn't interact a ton other than emails or you know occasional going on trips which i still do mm -hmm. so and and i i do what you do about seven o'clock i mean i'll probably be on discord but about seven or eight o'clock i i have a very pretty ritualized way unless there's something Same. really big like if there was an outer world yes my family would be like okay i get it but Same. if it's yeah. normal stuff, about seven or eight, I always the last thirty minutes of every night, religiously for the last two years, has been going to Reddit and reading the funniest or watching the funniest videos I can watch. Like Hold My Cosmo, probably the best Reddit ever. It's just <laughs> chicks doing stupid stuff and falling. Nobody gets hurt, but it makes me laugh when somebody tries to like you know open a wine bottle and the fucking thing flies off and hits you know <laughs> stupid stuff. Um, and I found that's really changed my attitude because I used to watch like movies and sometimes you get a horror movie and then you go to try to go to bed after watching like Hellraiser. Mm -hmm. And I found doing stuff like that and sitting and watching. I watch a lot of comedies. I'm big in it. But that's the, also because the comedies I watch are the way I talk. So you get like scatterbrain comedies, Life in <laughs> Pieces or something. Yeah. Uh, Friends. I love that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. I, I spend a lot of my time like refreshing my brain laughing. In fact, I would say that's almost every... Like, this Saturday we're doing board games, and I have a very particular group that I know will just laugh the entire time. So I'm very... And then I build my family. It rejuvenates my, you, yeah. You gotta... Yeah, and my to, family is enjoy your gaming, you gotta step away from it, essentially. Yeah. If cause... my family was near me, I would do more, too. Mine is... You live currently at home 
you know, mm -hmm. many people live closer to their family. Mine are like three and a half hours away over a, a mountain range that's always snowy. So it's like the idea of going there is very low. Mm -hmm. So it, it doesn't affect me as much, which is yeah, nice. I get that. And I would agree with you, by the way. Fuck. Don't ignore family. Because I mm -hmm. did when I was 17 and something bad happened. And that honestly has stuck with me since day. Like, I've done podcasts on it where I'm like, don't ignore family. Because you there there is nothing in the world. It's not like the movies where a person feels better a week later. It's yeah. more like John Wick, where the dude kills 800 people and still feels bad about something. <laughs> like, that's... Because I had something that when I was... I still remember it. And I'll be like, yep, that's... For, there's... I can't... I can't get rid of the memory. So it's like, that can't will stay. undo. Yeah. yeah, you can't... You never can't... Yeah, there's no rebooting that life moment. And so I always warn people, you don't want to live with it. Hear somebody else tell you to not do it. And if you're going to listen to anything, listen to that. Mm-hmm. Because, mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, even if you argue with your family, when they're gone, you can't argue with them. Yep. And that sucks. Yeah. Uh, Crazy Herbs asks, what's one game from each of you that you thought you wouldn't like but ended up really enjoying? Uh, oh, shit. Anything recent. Uh, I'd just go off Wolfenstein right now. I thought I'd be like, oh, God. But, like, I've, I've actually liked it. I want to go back and I, play some more. Let me guess another one of yours, though. Forza. Yeah. Forza Horizon. Yeah. yeah. Big time. That's a that's a better answer. Yeah, that one really caught me off guard. I like that a lot. That, that was crazy because I, I just remember talking to you about it. And you're like, dude, I like a racing game. Like, I love a racing game. This is so weird. Uh, yeah. For me, I would say um, something like The King's Bird or Oxenfree. I didn't expect to like Ox. Oh, Life is Strange. If you told me I was going to love a story about two 16-year-old lesbians, I would have been like, nah, probably not. And instead, I think Life is Strange is probably one of the best uh, most enjoyable experiences. Never expected to like that series. Yeah, I, I almost cried on stream when I beat that game. That was a great game. I, I yeah, freaking dude. love Life is Strange. Holy it, smokes, it, man. Oxen, Oxenfree and Life is Strange are two titles I just did not... Oxenfree I, I expected to like because you just... Because I would not tell you. Yeah, you, you just kept talking out. about it. Like, every conversation, <laughs> like, I'd be like, Carrick, what was your favorite morning ritual? Oxenfree. What do, what do you eat? Oxenfree. It's like, oxen okay. Free. When you lift weights, how many pounds? It's just a bunch of Oxenfree copies taped with <laughs> the barbell. Um, let's see here. Um, Grim asked for our initial impressions on Fire Emblem Three Houses. I have not played it. I don't think you Me have either. either. Mm -mm. Uh, maybe next week, Grim. Uh, I'm in. I'm currently just involved in Dragon Quest Builders, and I really don't want to take my attention off of it for anything else. Um... We already kind of answered Johnny EC's question. He says, what's the subtle trend right now that you see becoming the next big thing in games in the future? And we were kind of talking about that with the next gen. Yeah. So uh, last question comes from Holzer19. Is there any shady industry practices that go under the radar and should maybe receive some more flack? I feel like nowadays people are so quick to leap on everything that uh, it's hard to think of something that legitimately flies under the radar. I will say, this isn't a shady practice, but I'd love to see more companies highlight getting more uh, weapon and armor models that are unique for quests and and putting them in their games to give to make quests have that, like, exclamation Pop. point at the end. Yeah, like, oh, man, I got this from that quest. Um, I saw one of the... One of Modder talking about making unique weapons, and they said... I the saw that. The way they're, they're yeah, because I think Camelworks posted a question about he it. And it was it was to rebel lobe, size. Didn't he? To, he was to yeah. Lobe your, that yeah 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 you like yeah yeah, and he was talking about how like how hard is it to make a unique weapon and and uh, rebel size had said that 
Um, pretty much, it was just like there there were like section off parts of the weapon. Like there's the blade, the hilt, the handle, right. and so on. And they're like, yeah, we just kind of swap the texture pieces. or the, the the pieces around, kind of, and you get yourself a unique weapon. Um, he said it really wasn't that difficult, and I think Jonah said in response to that that was something that kind of falls down the pipeline. It's hard to communicate between the art and the dev team, so that type of stuff does sometimes fall apart, but I'd love to see more consistency on that. That's something I find a little frustrating at times. Yeah, when it comes to, like, shady stuff, I think people freak out about stuff that is sort of business, and they just want to say it's shady because, you know, you don't Mm -hmm. want some bad business practices coming into gaming, and they are because they infect everything. Um, But true bad business practices, I, I mean, I think everybody talks about, like... I would just like all games to be treated a little bit more equally. We mm-hmm. talked about it with micros, but I think uh, console exclusives, um, you know, people will be up in arms about Microsoft, but they'll be fine if Sony buys a company and guts it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That kind Little of bias, shit blows yeah. my mind. It's Yeah, it just blows my mind. Or Nintendo will do something and people just suck it up. Uh, it, that kind of thing. Um, it'd be That'd be cool. But that's more on us. That's more on gamers just being true to themselves and actually being mature about it versus the, the fanboy thing. Yeah. I agree. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all your patron questions answered. We appreciate you giving us your time on this yeah, Sunday sure. or maybe Friday or Saturday if you're a patron listening to this on the early access. Uh, we appreciate your support. Thank you guys so much. Carrick has a big stretch knowing that his weekend yeah. has arrived. And I'm going to do the yeah. same thing because I'm getting hibachi after this, so I'm kind of pumped because my weekend's beginning as well. i um, got a deep fryer, much less healthy. Yeah, <laughs> much less. I don't even know if I'll use it, but I got it today, and I'm like, hmm, what could I deep fry around the house? Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna deep fry. Just throw Oreos in there, man. <laughs> Give it a whirl. I've heard yeah. some good things. Yeah, so have I. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. We will catch you next week with episode 213. Thank you so much, and peace out. Peace out. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.